episode number 44 of the Healthier Life podcast. Hi, I hope you're doing well. It's been a rather busy but very fun week for me. We've actually been looking around lots of universities with our eldest daughter because she's due to go off to university soon. I can't believe that that's happening. Anyway, she and I had a wonderful day out in Oxford on Wednesday. I was a student there myself quite a few years ago now, so it was really fun to go back and show her some of my favourite places. And then on Friday, my hubby and I did a 12-mile trail run on the coast here near to where we live, which had amazing views and finished up with a very welcome dip in the sea. I really enjoyed that. That was, in fact, his longest run ever. Uh, But for me, that's just part of my training for the upcoming London Marathon in October. So I'm really starting to clock up the miles now. And if you would like to sponsor me, if you're listening to this before October the 2nd or even afterwards, uh, then please sponsor me and help support the amazing work of the Christian charity Compassion, which is who I'll be running for. Compassion is an amazing charity that helps to release children from poverty all around the world in Jesus's name and they do amazing work and we sponsor a child through compassion we have done for many years and I know that many of my listeners also do too so if you would like to sponsor me for the marathon I would so appreciate that that would really encourage me with all the training that I'm doing and particularly as those long runs are getting longer and longer now you can find my sponsorship page on the compassion website which you can get to by going to bit.ly slash cscompassion bit.ly forward slash cs, that's my initials, compassion. And I'll put that link in the show notes below. And I'll definitely be plugging that more as the marathon approaches. But in the meantime, I'm also enjoying watching Wimbledon on the TV. I'm a big tennis fan. I don't know if you are. And I'm really super excited that my husband and I have actually got tickets for court number two on Wednesday. So I'll definitely be packing my picnic hamper full of strawberries and pims for sure. And really looking forward to that. Okay, enough about me. This episode is the second in a little mini-series that I'm doing on the three main macronutrients. So last week was all about fat, and if you haven't listened to that yet, it's episode number 43, and it's entitled, Will Eating Fat Make Me Fat? And in this week's episode, we're going to be looking at protein. We're going to be talking about what is protein, why is protein important, what is the difference between animal-based proteins and plant-based proteins, how much protein should I be eating, and where can I find good sources of plant-based protein if I want to increase the amount of plants in my diet. I'll be answering all your protein questions and more, so stay tuned. But before we get to that, I just wanted to let you know that I do have a wonderful resource for you over on my website that you can get access to straight away. It's a meal planning kit. And maybe summer is a good time to take stock of your meals and to put some plans in place ready for September. I personally can't recommend meal planning enough. It is a real life changer for me, especially with a busy family of six. And you can hear more about the value of meal planning over in episode number nine, which is entitled Five Reasons You'll Want to Become a Meal Planning Ninja. And here's a recent review of the kit from a lovely listener to the show called Jacqueline. Jacqueline writes, Thank you so much for your meal planning kit. We had it printed out in colour and we did it. 
Yep, we created two straight weeks of dinners and you don't know how happy I am about it. Okay, maybe you do. Tonight was our second dinner, crustless quiche, which yes, we've made before as per your suggestion to stick to things we've done to keep things simple in the beginning. I've tried several ways to plan meals and so far yours has been the most rewarding. Never before have I even attempted to create meal plans for two days at a time, let alone two weeks. Tomorrow's dindin is meatloaf with roasted broccoli and mashed cauliflower. If you're listening, Jacqueline, thank you so much for your lovely email. I'm so glad that you've now discovered how easy it is to become a meal planning ninja superstar and how it can really change your life. I hope your meals are going really well. For the rest of my listeners, you can grab your copy of my meal planning kit for just £12 or even less if you subscribe to my newsletter first. And you can find out more details about that by heading to katherineshelton.net forward slash meal planning kit. That's katherineshelton.net forward slash meal planning kit. And that link will be in the episode show notes. Okay, before we start, just a quick disclaimer as always. The information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life Podcast, where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, If you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. So today we're talking all about protein. Let's start with what is protein and why is it important? Well, protein is one of the three main macronutrients in our diet, and the other two are carbohydrates and fats. Protein is needed for many things, particularly for growth. So protein helps us build muscle, cartilage and ligaments, as well as lots of other tissues, including bones, skin and hair. And protein is also really important for repair because it helps to repair our cells when they're damaged. And finally, protein supports our immune system because it helps to create enzymes and antibodies as well as many of our hormones. So protein is really, really critical to our health. And did you know that protein also helps us to feel satiated? In other words, eating protein helps us to feel fuller for longer. So ensuring that you have some form of protein with each meal can actually help with appetite control and weight loss. And did you know that it's best to aim to spread out your protein intake fairly evenly over the day? 
Now, this might be a challenge for you, particularly if you're someone who tends to eat most of their protein at dinner and eats hardly any protein for breakfast. But since cell growth and muscle repair doesn't just happen for that one hour a day, why not experiment with increasing your protein intake throughout the day, particularly at breakfast and lunch as well as dinner, and just see how you feel. So did you know that the body makes protein by using amino acids? And there are actually 20 amino acids. 11 of them are non-essential. In other words, the body can easily make them itself. But the other nine are called essential amino acids because they must be obtained from our food. Our body can't make them. Now, both animal-based proteins and plant-based proteins do contain all of these essential amino acids, but in varying amounts. So whereas animal-based proteins will be more complete proteins in that sense, some plant proteins may have lower amounts of one or more of the essential amino acids. But if you don't eat animal proteins, this is completely not a problem as long as you're eating a healthy, varied diet because your body will actually build the protein itself. And there are even some so-called complete plant-based proteins such as quinoa, soy, buckwheat and chia seeds which contain all these essential amino acids in relatively high amounts just like the animal proteins do. Okay so that's how we make protein. How much protein should we be having? Well the recommended daily intake of protein for adults is 0.8 grams per one kilogram of body weight. That's 0.8 grams per one kilogram of body weight. And that works out to be about 45 to 55 grams of protein a day. Now, for certain groups of people, such as pregnant women or uh, children or athletes or those recovering from surgery, the recommendation is slightly higher. So for an athlete, for example, the recommendation might be more around 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. Okay, so while you're quickly doing a little calculation to see how much protein you should be eating, let me go ahead and bust two common myths around protein. Myth number one is that you can only get protein from animal products. Now, you only have to look at large, strong plant-eating animals such as elephants and gorillas to know that this can't be true. In fact, a veggie sausage actually contains just as much and sometimes more protein than a meat-based sausage, but without all the saturated fat and cholesterol. So this is definitely a myth. Excellent sources of plant protein include legumes, so that's beans, lentils, peas, chickpeas, peanuts, things like that. Grains, such as bread, rice, oats, quinoa and buckwheat. Nuts, such as almonds, cashews, walnuts, pecans, as well as nut butters. Seeds, including sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds and flax seeds. Soy products, such as tofu, tempeh, edamame beans, soy yogurt, soy mince and soy milk. And then other plant sources, including nutritional yeast, spirulina, and even many vegetables such as kale and broccoli can be relatively high in protein. And you can also get plant-based protein powders to add to smoothies, yogurts, and soups, for example, for an extra protein boost. And I personally like to add a pea protein powder to my smoothie. So it's good to remember that foods containing animal protein actually raise blood cholesterol and contain saturated fat, both of which are linked to the formation of chronic diseases such as heart disease. 
whereas plant-based protein has been shown in many cases to actually lower cholesterol and contains very little, if any, saturated fat. And an additional benefit of getting your protein primarily from plant-based sources is that you're also getting many other important nutrients as well, such as fibre, vitamins, minerals and phytonutrients, many of which are not found in animal protein sources. In fact, the World Health Organization, along with Public Health England and other health authorities, actually recommend prioritising plant foods in your diet over animal-based foods. Now, if you do eat animal proteins, such as meat, fish, dairy, and eggs, then do try to make sure that they come from clean, non-factory farmed sources and are ideally organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised, or wild-caught. So that is myth number one, the myth that you can only get protein from animal products. It's just simply not true. Myth number two, though, related to this, is that you can't get enough protein on a plant-based diet. So let me address that now. I wonder if you saw the recent documentary Game Changers. There are many plant-based or vegan athletes around today, including weightlifters, bodybuilders and endurance runners, who all immediately dispelled this myth that you can't get enough protein on a plant-based diet. In fact, studies have shown that plant proteins are just as effective for building muscle as animal proteins. As long as you're eating a balanced diet with lots of whole foods that I mentioned before, there's absolutely no need to worry about getting enough protein on a plant-based diet. In fact, protein deficiency, which is actually a condition called kwashiorkor, is extremely rare and is usually only found in developing countries where people are malnourished. The fact is that many people on typical Western diets are actually getting too much protein, which can be harmful to your health. The average protein intake in the UK, for example, is 88.4 grams for men and 66.3 grams for women, which is much more than the recommended 45 to 55 grams. And consuming more protein than you actually need has no benefit. It doesn't build more muscle or more strength because the body can't actually store that excess protein. So any surplus protein that you're having will just get broken down and excreted in your urine. And there is also a danger that perhaps eating too much protein can actually be detrimental to your health. For example, leading to adverse effects on your liver, your kidney function and your bone density. Because people who eat a very high protein diet are actually at greater risk of developing kidney stones. And particularly if they're getting a lot of that protein through red meat, then this can result in a higher intake of saturated fat, which also means a higher risk of heart disease and colon cancer. Okay, so myth number one was that you can only get protein from animal products. And myth number two was that you can't get enough protein on a plant-based diet. So hopefully by now you can see that that is not true. But many people want to know if they should stop eating animal protein altogether. Well, this is a big question and it really depends on you as an individual. Everyone is different and you need to experiment yourself to see what kind of diet is best for you. The advantage of having some animal-based protein in your diet is that often the protein is actually more bioavailable. In other words, it's easier to digest and to break down. And the reason for this is that the fiber and the other components in the plant-based proteins do make it a little bit harder for our digestive enzymes to break down those proteins. 
However, having said that, soy-based protein is actually fairly high on the scale for protein bioavailability. And doing things like soaking your beans and your lentils and your grains ahead of cooking can also help to make the plant-based proteins easier to digest and absorb. Animal-based proteins do also often contain more iron, B12 and omega-3 than plant-based sources. But again, that doesn't need to be a problem. There are good plant-based sources of iron and omega-3 and B12 is very easily supplemented. In fact, it's recommended that everyone takes a B12 supplement as they get older, no matter whether they're plant-based or not. And iron deficiency anemia is just as common in meat eaters as in vegetarians. So again, the key here is to get a good quality balanced diet full of whole foods and then you really don't need to worry. So there may be some reasons why you might want to have animal-based proteins in your diet, but as I've mentioned before, animal-based proteins do also contain more saturated fat and they tend to raise cholesterol more than plant-based proteins. Factory farmed meat can also contain traces of antibiotics and growth hormones, and even in the case of chickens, arsenic, which were all fed to the animals. Processed meats should also be avoided by everyone if possible because they have been strongly linked to promoting cancer. Now, some people don't eat animal protein for ethical or environmental reasons, and there are strong arguments in favour of that. In fact, I myself and my husband don't eat animal protein for those reasons. But even if you're looking at it purely from a health point of view, nutritionists do recommend that most people need to reduce their intake of animal-based protein. You see, as a society, we're actually eating about three times as much meat as our grandparents and great-grandparents ever did, and it's not unrelated that cancer rates have skyrocketed since then. So the chances are that if you are a meat eater, you're probably eating too much animal-based protein, and you need to replace that with more plant-based protein. So how can we incorporate more plant-based protein into our diet? Well, it's much easier than you think. So firstly, look around for some vegetarian or vegan recipes that contain beans or lentils and find some that you enjoy. You could try quinoa if you haven't already. I really love that as a salad. And perhaps you could have something like tofu scramble for breakfast instead of your usual eggs. Hummus is a great thing to have in your sandwiches instead of cheese or ham. And try to incorporate more leafy greens into your diet such as broccoli and spinach. Now, to help you, I have a little list here of how to get about 10 grams of plant-based protein. So here are the different ways you can get that. One veggie sausage, 75 grams of tofu, 30 grams of soy mince, two slices of wholemeal bread, 75 grams of wholemeal pasta, that's the dry weight, 200 grams of baked beans, 40 grams of lentils, that's the dry weight, 65 grams of quinoa, also dry weight, 150 grams of brown rice, dried, 40 grams of peanuts, 140 grams of peas, frozen, 50 grams of sunflower seeds, 140 grams of hummus, or two cups of cooked broccoli or spinach. So any one of those will give you about 10 grams of plant-based protein. And remember that most of us are aiming for around 50 grams a day. So as you can see, it's really not that hard to get all the protein that you need, or most of it, from plant-based sources. 
Okay, I hope you found this episode about protein helpful. If you have any questions or comments, then please do contact me at support at katherineshelton.net and I would love to get back to you about that. In the meantime, don't forget to head over to katherineshelton.net forward slash meal planning kit and grab your copy of the meal planning kit there. And if you would like to sponsor me for the London Marathon, then please, please, please do so. It would be really, really encouraging and it's all going to an amazing cause. And you can do that at bit.ly slash cscompassion. I'll be here next week for this third instalment of this mini series and we're going to be looking at the third macronutrient, which is carbohydrates. Have a great week and I will see you next time. Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.